0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Just a quick note before this interview, normally today you'd be getting your regular dose of Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue, but we've moved Helpline. The Facebook Live event will now take place on Mondays and the podcast will be available on Wednesdays. Now, on with the show. When it comes to parenting, you can have the best of intentions. But when you have a crying baby in your arms or a toddler smearing their lunch all over the walls and all of a sudden chaos reigns, most of us would like to be calm. No one enjoys feeling stressed and yelly. Sharon Turton is an author and counselor who believes in the power of peaceful parenting, both for children and children parents. But she also understands that it's not always an easy thing to practice. This is part one of a two-part interview tackling some of the topics Sharon covers in her book, Techniques That Aim to Lead You to a Calmer Place. Hi, Sharon. Hi. You? Thank you, Siobhan. I should mention that the book is actually called Peaceful Parenting as well. Look, let's imagine that you have a baby one that feeds more than it sleeps, which is what most babies do. Mm. You're tired, you're sore and a bit frustrated. (laughs) Um, Talk to me about um, how pausing and breathing helps in this kind of
1: scenario. Well, I think when we are in a situation like that, when we are feeling stressed, when we are feeling overwhelmed, when we are feeling exhausted as we we are as parents often – It's really important to just take a pause. It's kind of the first step in coming back to a place of groundedness and centeredness within ourselves. And when we can take that little pause, even if it's just for a few seconds, what it does, it creates space between ourselves and the event. Whether the event is our child crying, whether the event is our own exhaustion, it gets us out of our mind and taking a pause kind of puts the brakes on the mind and the the, the struggle, the challenge that we are going through in that moment and I think when we can actually take a few good breaths as well, you know sages and saints over the Over the centuries, have been saying to breathe, to slow down, because taking some good deep belly breaths really get us in touch with ourselves. They bring us back to a place of, let's say, more balance. It's not necessarily balance because (laughs) there might be big emotions anyway, but it brings us back to ourself and it helps us to ground, be more centered. And what it does scientifically is it starts to switch off the sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress part of the brain. And breathing switches on what's called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation part of the brain. So it literally does bring us back to a place of more calm, deep inside, more connected with ourselves, where we start to have choice.
0: And it's also about practice, right? Isn't it? Because I've heard so many times I I get anxiety and So many times I've heard people say, breathe, breathe, breathe. I'm like, breathing's not going to help. I'm panicking. That's right. Uh, But actually going through it and then uh, my body remembering. That's right. It it, it does work, but it's not until I could actually accept that wisdom and do it
1: that, you know, and practice it. That's right. And any of this stuff is embodied. It's not the mind. You can read it from a million books, but that doesn't mean that your body is going to actually have the experience. There's a quantum leap between knowing something and actually embodying it and experiencing it. And I think that you like throughout the day, the parenting day, there are lots of times when we're stressed, when we're tired, when we've got stuff to do. But as much as possible, take a moment, you know, a minute and just pause and breathe when you've got a little bit of space to start to train your body that this is something that you can do easily and effortlessly so that when you are in that stressful situation and you really need it your body gets it yeah and your mind is not going to fight you and say that's not going to work because i'm in this place Ah!" you know it it helps us get back to where we we really can make a difference in our own lives Mm. so you you were saying
0: that that um By pausing and breathing, it gives us more space to choose. Yeah. What kind of choices do you have in that situation when it's a baby that's crying and you're frustrated and you might not know what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I guess the difference is being in the mind with the stress and the, ah, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because then there's no choice at all. We are, we are stuck in the grip of the mind. Dan Siegel says we are hijacked by our mind and by our emotions. But when we do have that little pause and, and we take a few deep breaths, it gets us out of that. It gets us into our body where there is that space. And we are able to come from a deeper place of awareness. And the when that happens, the logical part of the brain um, like the left brain takes over from the craziness of the right brain, the emotional overwhelm, and the right left brain can say, okay, it's not an emergency. It's okay. You're not being chased by a woolly mammoth. You're not being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, as the, the old the brain from the you know, caveman days would have a say. This is okay. You know, and it does. It brings us back to a place where we do have, have choice. And the thing is that when we are feeling fully stressed ourselves, when we are in the grip of the mind and the stress and all that, we're putting out an energy. And it's a stressful, irritated, frustrated, draining energy, not just for us, but our child. So if we're breastfeeding our little child and we're feeling like that, the child's going to feel like that too. And the whole cycle of stress is going to be perpetuated. And we're the adult. So we can pause a moment, breathe, come back. When you have that distance,
0: Mm. you mentioned earlier that, you know, you might be able to get that distance, but that's not to negate the vast array of emotions you might be feeling.
1: Totally.
0: Why is it important to acknowledge what you're feeling um, yeah. Because it can be really difficult, mm. I think, for mums in particular to accept if they're not enjoying a certain experience.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's have a look at emotions and emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the ability to acknowledge and feel the truth of what we are feeling. And so often, as kids, we were probably told to just get on with it, you know, don't be a crybaby. Push through. You're okay. You can do it. There, there. It's okay. It's okay. Push it down. Push it down. Like yeah, that, yeah. That's the meaning. And so that's what we've learned to do. But when there are big emotions, the ah energy, for want of a better word, of that emotion is still there. And if we push it down, if we suppress it, it goes into our body. And science has categorically shown us that this is what happens Whenever we're in a stressful situation and we suppress the emotion, it goes into the body if it's not resolved and it goes to cell receptors in the body and it blocks those cells. And whenever we are in a situation when that old unresolved emotion gets triggered, wham, up it comes. And it could be the next day. It could be the next week. It could be decades down the track. And you say, you think, why did I act like that? Why did my mother's voice just come out of my mouth saying something that I swore I would never say to my child? This is often because of repressed emotions. And you know, what do we do with our emotions? We can drink them away. That glass of wine at night's quite nice. We can eat them away. Some people smoke them away. (sighs) You know? And, or we can shop them away or we can be busy. We can vacuum the floor again. We can, you know, we, any I'd rather go shopping than vacuum. <laughs> totally, totally. But you've just got to, you know, if it's to suppress emotions, we need to look at, well, what are we suppressing? The other thing, the other strategy we have is to dump our emotions onto another person. I'm feeling stressed. I'm anxious. Oh, for God's sake. Why do you do that? Can you pick up your toys? You know, we blame, we shame. We do all this because we don't acknowledge what we're really feeling. And often underneath our stress, our turmoil, our anger, there can be very deep feelings of hurt maybe or powerlessness. And as parents, there can be helplessness, you know, feelings of being really lonely, really isolated, all those deep feelings that we just don't want to go to. But when we are willing to really acknowledge what's there with compassion, which is kind of the next step, it makes a huge difference to how we are with ourselves and to show up fully honouring who we are. Because another strategy that we all have is to beat ourselves up. Oh, yes. And I think mums do that a lot. Absolutely. It's so easy to do. And yet it's not healthy either. No. You know, it's blaming ourselves, shaming ourselves. And often, you know, our partners might blame us as well for certain things that we're, you know, why isn't the kitchen perfect? Oh, <laughs> I had that one. I remember that one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Good luck to any man who tries that
0: on. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the element of compassion is... A really interesting one because on face value, people understand what compassion is, Mm. um, but I feel like it's something people find easier to give to others than to give to themselves. Have you got any tips on how parents can
1: practice Mm self-compassion? Well, self-compassion is huge and as I said a moment ago, you know, we beat ourselves up so much as parents for not being perfect or not being good enough or whatever it is. And I think it's really important to to just, again, pause and breathe, really acknowledge what we are truly feeling deep down and be with ourselves with compassion. It's like coming back home to ourselves rather than being up in the mind with the struggle and the stress, but coming back to ourselves and wrapping our own love, our own deeper love that we have for our children, that we have for our partner, for our families, wrapping that deeper love around ourselves, around our own pain, around our own loneliness and hurt. And when we can do this, it is like a soothing balm that we can offer ourselves. And we, we're not taught to do this. This is really the basis of emotional intelligence, to be kind to ourselves. Because when we can reconnect with that deeper part of us, with our heart, with our goodness, and we are good with that love inside, gently and, and compassionately, then we can offer that to others. From a place of groundedness, centeredness and true love, rather than just giving, 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 it's also receiving ourselves so we can then give
0: healthily. So would an example of that be, um, I've just recently been quite ill Mm. and found it so difficult just to let go of, you know, all the many things, all the many balls. yeah. And I had to stop and go, do you know what? You're sick. Yeah. You know, I, I really wanted, what I really wanted was my, my mother to come. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. My mum was looking after my kids so she couldn't yeah. help me. <laughs> but there was this sense of, oh, I just want someone to see how miserable I am. That's right. But is self-compassion then saying, it, just acknowledging that and going, yeah, you are, I am really sick and it's okay to be miserable.
1: And yeah, I'm going to be miserable. Exactly. And you know, we're taught that this is what we do with our kids. We, when a child is unwell or feeling bad or has fallen over and grazed their knee, we don't say to them, well, hopefully we don't say to them, I'll just get over it. You know, like, it might have been told to us, we'd go to them and we'll acknowledge them. We'll say, wow, sweetheart, you were running so fast. You fell over, you grazed knee, and it's bleeding. Ouch. You know, I'm here for you. And when they feel that acknowledgement that they are seen, that they are heard, then it feels so much better. Oh, it's so and different. They, it's so different. And it's the same with ourselves. When we can find that place inside of us, that, that little voice inside of us that can be our own inner inner parent, if you like, and can say to us exactly what you said, you know, it's okay, you need a bit of time. It's okay to lie down. Here, I'll give you a hug. And to give ourselves a hug and to welcome that and open into that space where there is, you know, there is a pause and breathe, where there are big emotions, we might need a cry and to allow those big, deep emotions to come up and cry and wrap it all up in our own compassion, it is the most beautiful and healing and healthy way that we can release what's really there. And it brings us back to a place of connectedness with ourselves. It brings us back to a place of neutrality where we're not being triggered by everything that's happening. And it gives us choice to then connect with our kids, with our parent, with our, our loved ones the way we choose to, the way we want to. Oh, what a
0: lovely place to end the interview. Sharon, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you. That's Sharon Turton. She's a counsellor and author of Peaceful Parenting, coming up soon on Feed Play Love. We'll have the next interview, and this time including some steps on peaceful parenting in the toddler years.